surface on the beach we last did. year. Yeah. And uh, it was so much fun. And it was officially, Darcy, the first time Compassion Australia had ever set up all their sand on the sand. They'd never done that in the history of Compassion. And Central Coast Christian Service were the first ones to do that. So, and it was incredible. We had, uh, I think we had uh, so many surfers and people and all that on the beach. And uh, I think on that one day, we sponsored, Central Coast Christian Surfers sponsored 10 kids on the beach, out of nowhere. And uh, true fact, one lady uh, who wasn't even a part of Central Coast Christian Surfers was walking past and walked in and sponsored her own child just out of the blue, out of nowhere. And uh, was so excited to uh, work together and partner with Compassion Australia. So we are pumped, super pumped, excited this morning. We are. Um, as you all know, Vision Builders, many years ago, we, um, we planted a church in C3 Nairobi. And, yes. and you know, for five years, um, many of us gave to that. Yes. And um, it's so incredible. And that church is thriving and it's strong. It's incredible. Pastor Jamie and Garth are over in Dubai at the moment. They've just been to Nairobi with the whole team. And um, so it's exciting. Well done, everybody. Like, yes. And that was a huge amount of sacrifice for many people. And, um, and it's not a normal church plant. Like, you know, planting a church here, people get the tithe and stuff, you know. But you're talking about, you know, Kenya. Um, so you, they really needed our support for that yes. time. But we thought it would be amazing if Compassion Australia would come in. And we've been strategically working this out for many months now of actually sponsoring children in Nairobi around surrounding the churches. Um, So it gives us opportunity to maybe one day do some mission trips, you know, visit C3 Nairobi, Rhythm City Nairobi, and then see our sponsor children. So this is just another opportunity for us to Mm -hmm. make an impact on the people of Nairobi. And I know that Jamie, when she's over there, that's Pastor Jamie, um, who runs... Um, Rhythm City Nairobi, when she's over there, she just gets so overwhelmed, you know, because the poverty is quite intense. It's quite different to what we've ever experienced here. And so I just feel like, you know, if we can just do one thing. So our children, we've been planning this for quite a while now. And so our kids came in this morning. They wanted the first pick. I'm sorry, guys. But they wanted the first pick. And we have been planning this for such a long time. So they've come in. We've chosen our little child this morning. We're so excited. And so we wanted to create this opportunity with Rachel. Rachel is actually the head of Compassion um, Liaison with C3, across all of C3. So she's connected to all our friends, all our churches across the region. Um, Many churches are doing this. A cool thing that we're going to do is we're going to have an opportunity at the end of the service. There's the expo set up at the back, and all these children have been handpicked from this area. And when you choose a child, we're going to take a photo with a little Polaroid camera with your whole family and your child, and we're going to make a wall inside the church building, and we're going to stick all those photos up, and we're going to just remember that we're all in this together and see the impact that we're making in Nairobi. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Um, I think that it's really important for us to do as Jesus commanded and be the hands and feet and to care for the poor. So we are so excited with this new partnership. This is amazing. The expo will be, we'll be setting up the expo and um, over the next few weeks, there'll be many more opportunities as well. But we really want to just lean in today. So open up your hearts. 
and know that it's another layer of our ministry in Nairobi that we already have established. So excited to announce, um, bring up Rachel. And we also have Andrew here, which is wonderful, but Rachel is going to do the presentation today. So let's put our hands together for Rachel. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning. My name is Rach, and it is a privilege to join you this morning. And and hey, before I kind of get into it and share about compassion, I actually just really wanted to take a moment and just honour your amazing pastors, Phil and Julie, but also Julie and Andrew, and just your leadership in this church. Because I get the privilege of going around to a lot of different churches and meeting a lot of pastors, and um, you know, getting to hang out in different churches. And let me tell you, this church has an actual real deep heart for their community. Such a beautiful heart that these four walls are not it. It's not it all happens in here. It's really it all happens out there. It's let's go and love our community and our people. So I want to thank you. And why don't we give you a round of applause for just your leadership, your pastors. Thank you so much for having me today. Hey, I get to chat to you a little bit about a ministry that is so close to my heart, which is Compassion. And if you don't know much about Compassion, we are a Christ-centered, church-based and child-focused organization releasing over 2 million children from poverty. And we're doing it in Jesus' name. I mean, is there any other name you would want to do anything in? We're doing it in Jesus' name. And we are in um, 85, uh, sorry, not 85 countries, 26 countries. We are in over 8,000 churches across the world. And we have been doing this for 70 years, okay? Not 17, 70. I personally haven't been around that long. Praise God, some of you have. Um, But we have been doing this for quite some time now. And we are doing it in the amazing country of Kenya as well. And I love that Jilly kind of mentioned today the partnership that this church has had for so long with Nairobi. And today we're kind of just broadening what is already happening in Nairobi by partnering with other churches through compassion in that area, being able to sponsor kids that are all around there. And um, I was looking up today uh, a bit on Nairobi and um, in Kenya, and 42% of all children in Kenya live in extreme poverty. 42% of all children in Kenya live in extreme poverty. And I I could share all the stats and the figures about compassion, but I think the best way to kind of paint a picture is through a story. Can I tell you a story this morning? Who loves a good story? I love a good story. Well, I want to tell you a story of my friend, Teresa. I think we've got a photo of Teresa. This is my friend, Teresa. She lives in Sydney, but she was raised in the Philippines, and she was a compassion sponsored child. And I'd love to share a little bit about her story. So... Teresa, growing up in the Philippines, her and her family were living in extreme poverty. And they'd heard about Compassion's program. And they were particularly intrigued by the educational benefits of the program. They thought maybe Teresa could be the first in their family to actually go to university. Now, they were a little bit hesitant because Compassion is a Christian program. It's not their background. Keeping in mind that Compassion actually operates out of local churches. Um, So they were a bit hesitant, but they were like, you know what? Let's just put that to the side for the moment. Let's go for the educational benefits for right now. So Teresa became a sponsor child. And can I tell you, she 
loved it. She loved the care and support that she got from Compassion staff and volunteers. She loved learning about God. She made the decision to follow Jesus. And she loved it so much that she actually started going to church on Sundays and going to youth programs when they were happening. But unfortunately, this was not okay with Teresa's dad. And he would actually beat her every time he found out that she went to church. But Teresa had a solid relationship with God. And she loved the care and support she got from her church family. And she held on to scriptures to be strong and courageous. That if she was saved, her whole household would be saved. So she just kept going to church. Despite the persecution, she held on to hope and kept going to church. One day, there was a fire that broke out in Teresa's community, and a lot of people lost their homes, including Teresa and her family. So Compassion stepped in. They were the first to jump in and said, hey, we are going to offer you temporary accommodation at the church while you find a more permanent place to stay. And now Teresa was stoked. She's like, I get to hang out at church all the time. This is awesome. But her dad was a little bit more apprehensive. But hey, it's free accommodation. It's what they needed at the time. So for a couple of months, Teresa and her family actually lived at the church. And what happened was one day, Teresa's dad actually snuck in to the back of church just to check it out, see what it's all about. He was there and he, it was the first time he listened to a message. It was preached on John 3.16 and his eyes were opened to God for the first time. He kept going back week after week and just absorbed the gospel message. One day he was in there and he made the decision to follow Jesus. And can I tell you this? Three years later, Teresa's dad actually became the project director for the Compassion Center that Teresa grew up in. I mean, give it up. I mean, it's amazing. And this is just one of millions of stories where whole families have been transformed, where poverty is no longer the narrative in a whole family's life. You see, God has interrupted their storyline. The storyline of poverty that says you are not enough, that everything around you is worthless, and so are you. God has changed that storyline to the truth, that you are enough, that you have a purpose and a future, that the hope that is within you is greater than the poverty that surrounds you. And that has always been Jesus' heartbeat for the vulnerable, you see, when two of uh, Jesus' disciples were arguing about who is the greatest, well, Jesus took a little child, brought him alongside him, and said, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. Jesus is saying the way that we care about children matters. The way that we care for the vulnerable, the least of these, those who are not the greatest matters. That instead of arguing about who is the greatest, maybe we should ask ourselves, who is caring for the smallest? And at Compassion, we are helping churches all over the world care for their children, to fill up their hungry tummies, to teach them how to write their name and tie their shoes. But most of all, we're showing these kids Jesus. 
And each year in our compassion centers, over 100,000 children make the decision to follow Jesus each and every year. So I'd love to show you a video now um, from a boy whose name is Collins. And he's actually from Kenya in the area that you guys will be partnering in where we have children available for sponsorship today. So why don't you turn your eyes to the screen? The biological mother of Collins died uh, when Collins was a toddler. And so when the mother died, uh, the grandmother had to take care of Collins. And she was looking tired and sickly, and uh, she pleaded with me to give her ch a grandson a chance to be enrolled into the project. <laughs> We want you to know that you are in our prayers. God loves you very much, Collins. Never forget that one of our members. The house that Collins was living in with the grandmother is made of mud. So when the rain came, the house collapsed. So they have been moving around asking for a place to sleep. Truly, it's, it's really difficult uh, because of our age. And let what 
what an amazing story, hey. From lost to found, from brokenness to wholeness in Christ. Hey, today we have the opportunity to partner with families like Collins by sponsoring a child. And I want to let you know a little bit more about sponsorship. Um, To sponsor a child, it is $48 a month. And I think in the grand scheme of my life, um, $48 a month might sound like a lot, but it's actually $1.60 a day. And I think, would I miss $1.60 a day? Probably not. But would that $1.60 make a difference to a life and a family living in poverty? Absolutely. Absolutely. And for me to sponsor three kids, it's actually less than a cup of coffee a day. And I still get my cup of coffee, which is good news. Hey, today I would love for you to consider sponsoring a child. Maybe you have capacity to do more than one child, sponsored two or three or ten, I don't know. But um, we have so many children available for sponsorship. I think we have about 40 children here today from that area in Kenya. And that includes my friend Gabriel, uh, who is from Kenya. He is four years old. Uh, It says on the back of this profile that he lives with his mother and his grandmother. Um, And that's pretty normal for a lot of families to have a fatherless home. Perhaps um, it happens a lot. We see it in extreme poverty that a father goes away to work to try and provide, but feeling so overwhelmed to provide for his family, he actually leaves them. And that could be the case for Gabriel. It may not be, but um, he lives with his mother and grandmother. And on these profiles down the bottom, there's a little plus um, on quite a lot of them. And that means they live in a HIV-affected area. And through compassion and medical support, we are able to get these kids the medical help that they need in that area. But I actually felt really overwhelmed this morning looking at the table because pretty much every child has this little plus on it. And um, it must mean that Kenya is quite an area where there is a lot of um, HIV. So um, we have a lot of children that have been waiting uh, quite some time for a sponsor. So please come and see us. And when you sponsor a child, you are able to write letters. You can do that online. But today we actually have the opportunity to write a letter and take a Polaroid. So we're going to take two Polaroids of you if you sponsor a child today. One um, to keep here, but one we're actually going to send off to your sponsor child so they can see you um, and see you holding the profile and see your family. Um, And you'll get to share a little bit about yourself in your first letter. Um, But I want to thank you so much today for not only partnering with Compassion, but also just for everything that you do here as C3 Tugra, um, your heart for the community. But I love that the heart does extend, not just in this building, not just through the Tugra, but to the rest of the world. So thank you so much. But hey, before I finish, could I pray? I would love to pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your heart is of a father, Lord, of a protector, God, that you leave no one behind. That is your character, Lord. You will leave the 99, Lord, for the one, God. And I just thank you today for the beautiful beautiful churches in Nairobi, Lord. I thank you and lift up C3 in Nairobi right now, Lord, as they worship today. God, would you bless them? Would you be with them, Father? And also with the Compassion Churches, Father, that will lift your name high today, God. Would you um, overwhelm them with your favor, Lord, and your blessing today, Lord? 
And God, we lift up these children that are in this house this morning, Lord. We know that it is not just a face on a piece of paper, Lord, but that child is a life that you love, that you cherish, and that you value, God. We lift them up to you right now, Lord, as they represent a whole family, Father. We give them to you this morning, Father, and say, Lord, would you hold them close? Would you keep them healthy? Would you keep them well? And would you help them discover who they are in you, Lord, their identity in you, Father? We love you so much today, God, and we we thank you for this opportunity to gather, that we can gather in a country where it's safe to worship you, Lord. We we give that to you and thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Awesome, thank you. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. I'm on? Yes. Uh, Rach, I don't know if you even realize how beautiful you are. I mean, Jesus just shines out of you. Don't you think she's gorgeous? Why don't we give her a big clap and appreciation of who she is. You know, she doesn't just do a job. She's carrying the heart of that. You can see all the children, they're all inside her heart. Can you see that? Amen. Just like we carry, you know, a certain portion of what God's given us to do in our hearts. I think it's so beautiful. Welcome to Vision Builders. This section of Vision Builders I want to share with you really is the reach part. So today we're talking about what do we do in Vision Builders as far as reaching out, as Rach said, into our community, into the world actually, What do we do here? Does anybody actually know what we do? Jilly does. Good. I'm glad you know Jilly. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. But to understand and try and explain to you what God is showing me as the big picture of what he is doing across the earth right now and what he's doing, what he has been doing since the beginning of time, we need to start at the beginning. Amen. So it says in the beginning, the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that was pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now I know this is not a great picture of the garden, but it's one I found. Forget about the houses, because there was no houses there. And it probably looked heaps better than that, don't you think? It looked heaps better than that. So there was this gorgeous garden. And, and it says, and the Lord, leave that up there. And the Lord commanded man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day, if you eat it, you shall surely die. But we know that man and woman disobey God, right? And what happened was, something, chaos ensued. So we know that. Hang on. And then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like us to know good and evil, and now lest he put out his hand to take of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which it was taken. And so he drove out the man and he placed cherubim of the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way from the garden of Eden so we know here from this picture that mankind was then separated from God thank you and mankind was now separated from God and this garden 
was now out of his reach. In fact, if we look at it, really what happened, the man, mankind and the original creation was actually shattered. It was like the inside of man, which was walking with God in the Garden of Eden, was in connection with God. Now the inside of man was shattered into many pieces. Yeah, great, like that. And, and, and we see, again, in Genesis, we see the Tower of Babel. I'm just quickly going through this because I'm trying to paint a picture for you. Now, in Genesis, we see, now, the whole earth had learnt what, had one language and one speech. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick and stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is to the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they have all one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there and confuse their language that may, they may not understand each other's speech. So what God was saying there, if I let mankind stay together, if I reconnected them from this scattered place where they have been, then they will, that nothing will be impossible for them. If they speak the same language, if they have the same heart, if they walk in unity, nothing will be impossible for them. So he had no choice but to scatter us more. And he scattered them throughout the earth. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel because the Lord confused the language of the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. Do you know the name Babel, the Tower of Babel? Babel actually means confusion. And so it's like the whole world was in confusion in different languages, and different tongues. So this gorgeous picture that God had created of this Garden of Eden, this man and woman, this, this beautiful creation was now scattered abroad, speaking different languages, confused, and it was like, how can anyone put this mess back together? Only God can. Amen? You can see there the Tower of Babel. Don't you think that's a great picture? The Tower of Babel, just broken into pieces, broken into pieces, very like a jigsaw puzzle. It's like the whole of creation that was in God's mind was broken into little pieces like a jigsaw puzzle and scattered throughout the earth, amen? Pieces everywhere, disconnected. The original picture, confused and disjointed, amen? I love this scripture. It says, come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. Who's the only one that can put back together? Hey? Who's the only one that can solve this puzzle? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so has anyone ever tried to do a puzzle? Who's good at puzzles? Mate, I do puzzles 
lately. It must be an old age thing. I don't know. You must get to a certain age where you go. My, I know my mother used to do. I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm doing puzzles like my mother. But you know what? It's a great place to just get yourself focused. And it's a great place for me to turn off. So when I'm doing a puzzle, I can sort of just turn off everything else. And all I'm focused on is where does this piece fit? And what shape is it? I mean, right? So I just really, I went to Aldi. I was walking through Aldi. Who knows? Aldi's got good stuff, but don't buy an Aldi puzzle. Okay. They are so confusing. They are so complicated. It was ridiculous. I mean, I'm good at puzzles, right? But here's this puzzle. Just look at the puzzle scattered. There it is. Aldi puzzle. And um, I had it all over my table. How many weeks did I have it there, Phil? Oh, I mean, six weeks. I kept going back and I'd go, ah, uh, uh. and it was like, it was so many colors and it was so fragmented, this puzzle. You know how usually you can kind of go, you know, all that color kind of fits there and that kind of fits there? But this was so fragmented that even to build a flower, it was like all these different shapes and part of the flower wasn't actually in there and it was like, oh my gosh. And all I could do was actually look at the shapes and kind of go, okay, I need to find one that's got a pointy end and a round top and fit it in here. And so I had about, you know, 50 pieces, and I'm, I'm looking at these pieces, all the pieces with pointy ends and round tops. And they go, one of these 50 pieces has to fit in this place. And I would go, nah, nah, nah. Going through 50 pieces and finally get one piece in. And it was like, whoo, one piece in. And this was so frustrating. I tell you how many times I nearly threw the thing in the bin. Not just packed it up. I thought, I'm going to just get the bin. I'm just going to shove it in there and pretend. But you know, there's this drive inside of you that says, I must conquer. I must accomplish this. There was this huge patch of this pink, you know, you can see the pink flower there. Just go back to the other one, please. Don't go there yet. See the pink flower in the top corner? Well, I've got all the pieces of the pink flower, and I know they all fit together to form this pink flower. And I've got them all over the table, and I keep trying, I keep trying, and this is so frustrating. Anyway, my four-year-old grandson comes over, Moses. He loves puzzles. I love puzzles, Nanny. He does puzzles all the time, right? But, you know, he does kids' puzzles, big pieces, you know what I mean? I mean, I could conquer that in five minutes, Moses. So it became a competition. So Moses says, Nan, do you want me to get the pink flower together for you? I said, go for it, Moses, whatever. And I walked out of the room. Within 15 minutes, I come back in. He's got the pink flower done. <laughs> He's four. Now I'm really challenged. Now I go, hang on a sec. If a four-year-old can do it, I can do it. I've got a good mind for puzzles. So I persevered. It took perseverance. It took perseverance to look at this mess and go, how the heck do I make something beautiful out of this mess? I'm sure God looks at the earth like that, but he knows exactly what he's doing. I'm sure we look at all the things that we support and all the things that we're doing. I'm sure you look at all the children, compassion all across the world, go, how the heck can we sponsor all these children? But God has the finished picture in his mind, and he knows how to do it. Amen? But for us, it takes collaboration. I needed my four-year-old grandson <laughs> to collaborate with me. 
And man, actually, Phil was actually coming in and laying hands on me near the end of it, going, please, Lord, let her finish this puzzle. Like, she's crazy. And uh, he was encouraging me. We need encouragement, don't we, to do what God's called us to do. And like every now and again, he'd walk past the table. Come on, Jules, you can do this. Come on, you can do it, you know. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, eventually, okay, that you can put the next picture up. Eventually, yes, it emerged. And I couldn't believe it. I had all these pastors coming to my house this weekend to stay at my house, and I know that we're going to be there all weekend, and I had like three quarters of the puzzle done, and these three big holes, and you know what? I sat up all night, I'm going to finish, I'm not packing this, because I needed to use the dining room table to eat dinner with all these pastors. I'm not packing this thing up till I finish it, didn't I feel? I just sat there going for it, stayed focused, we're going to finish this. And so Phil came out when I was finished took a photo, put it on Facebook. He was so proud. I was so proud. I packed the darn thing up and I'm going to throw it in the bin anyway. And unless someone wants a challenge, you can have a challenge. But you know, much like this puzzle, it's like there's pieces of the family of God all over the earth. Even in our own communities, there's pieces of the family of God. And what God wants to do is he wants to give almost a a piece of larger picture to a church, to a ministry, to an individual. And he kind of goes, if like Moses, Moses, Moses just did the pink flower for me. We collaborated on it, right? And so he's saying to us, if you just do this bit of, of, the, of the picture for me, and they do this bit of the picture for me, and they do this bit of the picture for me. And if we all work together across the earth to, to, to put into place what God has already done through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Through his blood, he has reconciled all things to himself. Through his blood, he has reconciled all things to himself. Amen? I got this message as I was finishing that darn puzzle. And it was almost like God said, now you know how I feel. And it was like, yeah, God, I've got you. Thank you, God. Colossians 1.19, for God God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of the cross, everything in heaven on earth is brought back to himself, back to original intent, restored to innocence again. I mean, when you hear those stories, that story of that little Filipino girl, I mean, everything in her whole world being restored back to innocence again. Amen? That's what we're in the business of, people. We're in the business of not just giving money to support things, but seeing transformation in the lives of people. We're seeing pieces of the puzzle realize that I'm not out here on my own. I am not disjointed. I am not alone. I am not forgotten. I am not a nobody. I actually have an identity and I actually fit. My piece of my puzzle fits into the picture of God. And I belong somewhere. Amen. I belong to a family. Psalm 18.20 says, God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before him. Isn't that right, Toby? 
God made my life complete. See, we're all shattered. We're all shattered from the fall. We've all got pieces of the fall inside of us, but God is restoring us and redeeming us, and he's restoring and redeeming the earth. So what do we do, Julie? How do we do this? We start with us. He has started with us, hasn't he? I mean, you don't just come to a church. Please, don't just attend a church. Surely you feel part of a family by now. Surely you feel like you're a piece, a piece, your, your piece of your puzzle fits here. Boom, C3 Tagra. And that you fit with a person sitting next to you and somehow my shape fits with their shape. The Bible says that we're living stones built together. Living stones are different shapes. We're not bricks, people. You can't build us out of bricks. We're not, we're not conformed to this world. Amen? And we're not cooker-cutty, cooker-cookie cookie-cutter Christians, and we're not clones. You don't have to wear skinny jeans and white shoes to this church, even though Pastor Phil does. Amen, because he's cool and groovy and wonderful, and I dress him. <laughs> it's so weird. Every time we get dressed separately, right? We're not sort of standing, you know, I get up early, I get dressed, he gets up, he gets dressed. And then we walk downstairs and we go, we're wearing the same colours again. Like this morning I had a green jacket on in white shirt. And I, I walked down, he's got a green jumper on, white shoes. It's like so weird. Anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> so just look what he's done on, in this room. And even those people that are watching online, you might be watching online right now and just go, you know, you make me feel significant. You make me feel important. Every single person has to realize that they're a part of the bigger picture of God. But he sees every piece and he studies every piece and he looks at your shape and he looks at your color and he knows exactly where you fit in his kingdom. And he's drawing his whole, his, his whole body back together again as a family. So aren't you stoked that we found each other? So where's the picture of our family? There. Yes. Now, you're not all on there, obviously, but we've picked the good-looking ones and we've left all the ugly people off because that's what you do in marketing these days, don't you? Anyway, just joking about that. That's a bit of a dig at horrible marketing. Right. Uh, but in John 7, 20, uh, 17, 20 to 23, we see that Jesus prays his last prayer. Now, if you know you're going to leave the earth, you know that your work is finished. And Jesus says, you know, after three years of sowing, 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 I'm going to leave. The last prayer I'm going to pray would be the most important thing on my heart, right? right. It'd be the thing you want to leave here. And it's a long prayer, but I'm going to give you a snippet of, snippet of it here. He says this, I do not pray for these alone. In other words, these that know me, these disciples that are in front of me, these ones that, that you've given to me, God. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word. So right back then, 2,000 years ago, Jesus, and when he hung on that cross, he had every single piece of that puzzle in his heart for eternity, for all time, Right? And he's saying, I'm not just praying for you guys that know me, but I'm, gonna, I'm praying for everyone who's going to believe in me through you, through what you do, right. 
to how you reach out to how you find the pieces of the puzzle that I've given you to put together, how you form your part of the picture. I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them. That, now listen to this. I'll go back. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they will all be one. As you... As you, Father, in me, are in me, we've been praying this a lot, haven't we? And I am in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe in me. So there's this move of oneness that God is doing in us, through us, to us, around us, that he is bringing everyone into this oneness through this great prayer that he has prayed. I believe the Father is answering Jesus' last prayer right now, that they may be one. No longer scattered throughout the earth, no, no longer fragmented, but brought together to create the most glorious picture of redemption that the earth has ever seen. Suddenly there's a people, even though they speak different languages, that are speaking the same language because they're speaking the language of the spirit. We saw in that video in Kenya, you know, that grandmother couldn't speak a word of English, but she understood what was going on through the spirit of God. Suddenly there's a connection that, that bypasses language, culture, that bypasses skin color, it bypasses everything on earth, the language of the spirit that reaches out and says, guess what? We are one. You are my family, and it's my responsibility to look after my family. Amen? And the family God has given us. So when we say we're going to help this and we're going to help that, it isn't just like, oh, we'll just spin a wheel and see what comes up. Oh, yep, that looks like a good thing to help. It's like, no. The Father prophetically speaks to us. And the Father, each year the Father prophetically speaks to us and said, for this vision builders, you need to draw in this part of the picture of the puzzle that I've given you, C3 Chagra. And what I've given you as individuals. Amen. Hallelujah. You get it? And he goes on to say, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, that, that, we may, that they may be made perfect in one. Back to the original intent. Back to innocence. Be made perfect as he puts us the picture back together, each piece of this puzzle. Amen? And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as I, as you have loved me. I tell you what, people need to know that they are loved. I mean, how cool is it that you know that God loves you? And you know what? And we've been talking about this. Every day he's revealing his love more and more and more to us. I mean, I was weeping in my bedroom before I came this morning because he was pouring his love out again on me this morning. 
I thought, I don't even deserve this. This is too good. I just want to stay here with you, Jesus. I don't want to leave the house. This love is too good. And there are people that are sitting in huts. There are people that are sitting in different spaces across the world. There are people that are in jail. They don't know that he loves them. And we need to get so full of this love that we can then reach out. And what happened during COVID, we got so overwhelmed we got so, everybody got so overwhelmed. I can't think of one more thing but me. I just got to survive. Well, we got to get out of survival mode now. It's time to get up. It's time to go again. It's time to shake the dust off our feet and the oppression that the enemy tried to put over us for that three years is trying to stand up as the church, stand up as a people of God and say, yes, I do have energy for more than myself. Yes, I do, because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If he's pouring love out on me, I've got enough love for other people. And I've got more energy to give other people. I've got more finances to give other people. What are my finances at the end of the day if it isn't to share the love of Jesus, for goodness sake? Amen. Go to H&M and buy a cheap shirt and then do compassion. Amen. That's my theory. I've already chosen my girl. I'm sorry, Phil. I couldn't resist. I know we've already got one. And I can't give that one back. And I'm, I've, here's your boy now. And I've got a little girl named Blessing. I got her this morning. And my sister, she lives way down in Sydney. She can't go to church because she's too ill to leave her house. She watches us online. Hi, Deb. She's going to be watching. I'm saying, hi, Deb. We are her church. She's a piece of the puzzle that sits in her house and watches you, us online. And we are the life source into her life because she's too ill to leave her house. And she rang me yesterday. She said, I heard compassion's coming. She said, and she said, firstly, she said this. She said this. I want you to know that I'm sponsoring Vision Builders again this year, $20 a week. And she faithfully committed her vision builders from last year and this year she signed up again but she said on top of that get me a child I want to sponsor a child in Africa as well she's a pensioner her husband has died she's not got much money but she says what else can I do with my life than find the pieces of the puzzle that make me tick that make me live that make me pour out Jesus is pouring this love and I can't get out to the streets and witness to people I can't get to church and, and, and mingle. I can't preach the gospel, although she is preaching to her Muslim housekeeper that's getting saved through our videos. She's watching our videos. So, shh, take that part out. Anyway, anyway, so, so exciting. But she says, I can, through my finances, I can get that piece of the puzzle and I can join it in. Amen? So, we've picked a child for you, Deb. She's coming. And she, I forget her name now. Oh, her name's Deborah. My sister's name is Deborah, and we picked a little girl named Deb. So there you go. Being made perfect. Amen? Amen? And he said to them, he said to his disciples, now go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting here this morning. Amen? Amen? But we can't just sit here on our rusty dusties, like Phil says, on our rusty dusties and sit on our own grace while I'm going to heaven, bugger the rest of you. No, this is, 
Yeah, this is all about us as a family. I have family members throughout the world. I have family members down the street that don't even know that they're part of my family yet. We've got to go find them. Amen? <laughs> so what's the part of the puzzle that he has asked C3T, C3 Tugra, that's short for C3T. What is the pieces of the puzzle that he's asked us to reach out for to this, this year? And of course, compassion was the first thing he said to us this year. We're going to support compassion through our vision builders. And individually, we're going to support compassion. Amen. And we're going to connect up with the church plant that's already happened through five years. Five years, we sowed finances into Nairobi to get a church off the ground. And it is pumping. They're now self-sustainable. That they got the people are being saved. It's the healthiest church, and now we're going to reach into little children that are around their area and try and get them into our church that we've set up there in Jesus' name. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Or oh, you should see them when you go there. I mean, we've driven through the streets. We've walked through this red dust in their little huts and their little mud houses, and all the children just come up running out. What were they saying to us? They learned one thing in English. Hello, 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 something like that. And they're all saying one thing in English. Nice to meet you, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. And then they'd all do high fives that they could speak something in English. And they just crawl all over you and they smile and they want to get in your car. And they're just gorgeous, the children. So the other things, thing that we're continuing to support this year, and it is so phenomenal, is our global, global skills employment. Amen. Look, this is incredible. During the week, you don't even know it. But, but here on this property, 25 hours a week, there are people that come here and we, they are being trained and equipped to get into the workforce. And thank you, Jilly, uh, for the incredible work that you've done. Establishing that, setting it up. And thank you, Frank, our supervisor, for this project, who is here three days a week, is that right? Three days a week, yep, on the church property. The testimonies we've had from some of these people are amazing. Like, they, they work on our property, right? And some of them have actually said, we actually feel peaceful when I come here. The voices in my head stop when I'm on this property working, Right? Others have said, right, the program, they do, it's at eight weeks, and then they have to move on, 10 weeks. And after 10 weeks, some of them don't want to move on. And they just say, can, they've got one guy who said, can I just volunteer to come and work on the property? I'm an expert whippersnipper. I'll whippersnipper all day, every day, but just to be here. You don't have to pay me. It's not part of the program. I just want to be here. I want to be around you people. I love this property. I love the peace that's here. And he, so he does that, doesn't he, Julie? He comes, he's so sweet, isn't he? He's so lovely. And so he's become a part of our family, even though you don't know it. Even though he doesn't know it just yet. But he's part of our family, amen. He's a piece of the puzzle God is putting together. What about Angel Tree? I love this program, and we've supported this for how many years now, Julie? Quite a few years. But we want to continue to support Angel Tree this year. This is collecting and delivering gifts to children who either have one or two parents in prison. 
So these children don't get Christmas presents, right? I mean, I don't know if you know the system in prison, but you, you get paid, but it gets put into an account for when you get released. So you don't really get much money in, while you're in prison. So these parents are kind of stuck getting their kids Christmas presents. So we've done it year after year. We buy all the presents, don't we, Julie? We wrap them up, and we get great gifts for these kids. They're just not like, you know, they're great gifts, like big boxes of Lego and just great stuff we get them. And we, we deliver those to the kids with a handwritten note from their parent on it. It says, to my darling son, I love you. Sorry, I can't be with you for Christmas, but this is from dad and mum, or this is from dad. And those kids, honestly, it means so much to them, and we just love doing that. That's another piece of the puzzle. See, they don't realise they're part of our family yet. But you look after your family members even when they're estranged from you, don't they? Don't you? Anybody got any wayward teenagers right now? Yes, probably a few. And a few family members that are estranged from God. You still love them, don't you? You still look after them. You know, you still pay their bills when they're in trouble. Who does? Amen. So good. And this is great. This is Christian Surfers Central Coast. Pastor Julie. Pastor Andrew run this. It is phenomenal. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, hundreds of people on the beach communicating together, connecting together. Andrew will preach a great message on the sand as people are walking past. They're hearing the gospel message. It's creating this great community environment with this surfing community who want community. Surfing community want community. And these guys are providing that for them. So we're supporting them with food donations. I mean, who knows that surfies eat a lot of sausages and a lot of bread rolls. And we do that. And we provide other things like prayer and support. It's so good. Psalm 33:11 says this. His destiny plan for the earth stands sure. His forever plan remains in place and will never fail. All we've got to do is connect up with it. Amen. And I love it that he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So right now, Jamie and Garth, um, that's my daughter and son-in-law, who planted C3 Nairobi, which is now called Rhythm City Nairobi, are now, right now in Dubai, seeking out the land, looking at the land, and preparing to plant a church in Dubai, because they have such a heart to reach the Muslim community. So we're going to support that this year. Who's into that? Who wants to be in Dubai? Amen. I remember when Jamie first came to me, and it's, it's, it's probably one of the worst things a mother can go through is that when we're such a close-knit family, and Jamie came to me and said, Mom, God is calling us to go to Africa. And it was like, you know, you think that's like, oh, wonderful, go to Africa. What, what parent is going gonna, gonna to break your heart, right? And so what do you mean? You're going to go over there? How long are you going to go for? Are you going to have your kids over there? Well, I see my grandchildren. You know, I miss my daughter. The, the sisters are like best friends. They're going to be separated. It was a big deal. And I remember laying on my bed just crying and crying out to God. And God said, Julie, didn't, hasn't it been prophesied over you that you would reach the nations? And I said, yes, Lord, it has. He said, hasn't it been prophesied over you that your seed will reach the nations? 
I said, yes, Lord, it has. He said, how can you reach the nations if you don't release your seed? And you know what? Your giving is like a seed where we reach the nations. We can't go there. We can't be there. But our giving enables us to go there and to be there. So now they're planning. They were there uh, five and a half years straight in Nairobi, establishing that church. And now they're talking about moving to Dubai. There's also a Rhythm City Church in Newcastle. So they're doing incredible things for God. The Faith, Hope, Love Church community. Well, we've been talking about that for a while now. It's in our heart to send Pastor Andrew and Pastor Jilly to reach a people group that we can't reach. So it's like an extension of our arm again. It's like they carry our heart, they carry our vision, they carry all that we've put into them all these years. And, and there's going, there's a people group that God's put in our heart. And we know we have to go get that people group. So they want to go to the east coast of the coast, the east of the coast, and establish a faith east side, is that what you say? East side. I asked you that question and you gave me, okay. East side of the coast. East coast. Make up your mind, you two. You two stop it. Stop it, stop it. Right now. They're going to the east of the central coast. And because there's a people group that they feel like God's put in their heart that they need to reach. It's a piece of the puzzle that's a part of this house. Do you understand? It's a part of this house, just like Nairobi is, just like Dubai is. Now there's this Faith, Hope, Love Church. So we're beginning to partner with that. All the resources that you see at the back and the merch goes into this church plant. So every time you buy a Sloppy Joe, a T-shirt, a book, it's going into this church plan, and also we're going to support them financially as they step out. There is no timeline yet, as there is in prep, preparation and plans. Without money, you can't do anything. So let's get the finances in. Let's get the foundation built and so they can step out in Jesus' name. I'm nearly finished. Jeremiah 17, 14. God, pick up the pieces. Put me back together again. You are my praise. This is really the heart, this, this transformation center that we want to establish in this next 12 months is probably the heartbeat that I carry for this church. This is my vision and I've shared it with the guys. I said, guys, there is so much mental health issues. There's so many people that need deliverance. There's so many. You just look at the people that are lining up to go to Catherine Creek in her meetings in Melbourne they were lined up down the streets everywhere for one purpose and one purpose only. I need to get set free. Right. I know that I've got strongholds in my life and I need deliverance. And they're Christians. And they're lining up, lining up, lining up. So we've started training for this transformation center that not only provides deliverance and inner healing, which we do really well here, but we're also partnering with psychologists, counselors, life coaches, we're going to do art therapy. There are many things that we want to do for the wellness, the full wellness of, of the human being. But we want to provide it at, at, a, at a reasonable donation price where they can have counselling or psychology and be able to afford it. Right now, there are people right across the coast that are in dire situations 
dire situations and they're like, they cannot get into a psychologist or a counsellor for months. Because it's, since COVID, it's hit crisis point where people are unravelling really, really fast. So we want to create a place here and a space here where we're actually getting enough finances into this transformation centre that people only have to pay a donation to see a psychologist, a counsellor, and we will provide counsellors and psychologists that understand the whole workings of the human being and the Christian soul where they can get delivered, healed, set free, counselled, deal with their trauma and get set on a rock. So that, that's massive for me. I would say in the last two months, we have had a minimum of 30 people who have been completely healed, restored and transformed already just through our small team, already just in the last two months. And I know there's many in this room who just go, yeah, that's me. Because God is doing such a work to prepare his bride and to transform us into his image. He's putting the picture back together. He's restoring innocence again. He's making us one. He's getting this oneness inside of us together. It all makes sense. And it says in Colossians 1.17, And he is before all things, and him, in, in him all things hold together. Yes. You know, he's not going to take the puzzle apart and throw it in the bin like I did. He's going to hold it together. He's putting everything together. Amen. So what does the puzzle of everything that we want to do look like if we put the pieces together? And this is my interpretation of... It's a very bad interpretation. I know I've... Christy looks like... You look thinner, Christy. Anyway, I've sucked you up that way. And everyone looks a bit odd and weird. But that's... Look at these girls here in, in, in Dubai. She's got a very wide chest. But anyway, um, I had to stretch it and make it work. But that's all the pieces of our puzzle that through our vision builders this year that God is, is asking us, will you reach out and pull in this family member? Will you reach out and paint, begin to paint this picture of, what, of the piece of the puzzle that I'm doing worldwide to restore all things back to original intent, back to innocence again through Jesus. Amen? Amen? Let's stand to our feet. You know, it's, it says on our brochure, it says, when we partner together, we reach beyond our own limitations to see and see an impact on our community and beyond. Is that what it says? Impact. Okay, I can see it better up there. To see an impact. When we partner together. So I'm going to ask this morning, I'm going to pray over you a corporate prayer. And I'm going to pray the prayer of Jesus. Father, make us one. Father, make us one. Jesus. So close your eyes. Why don't you lift your hands, put your hands out. As I pray this prayer straight from the heart of Jesus. I do not pray for these alone. 
but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe you sent me and the glory you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and that you love them just as you have loved me. Lord, we pray, Jesus, that you would give us the strength to get up and to go again, that you would give us the energy to embrace that which is outside of our own lives, outside of our own thinking, outside of our own energy levels, that you would empower us to reach out and to extend the borders of the picture you have given us and bring this whole thing into unity to create the picture that you have created for this portion for our church in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would empower each one of us with your love. Pour your love into us to overflowing that our cup overflows and pours out to all those around us. Lord Jesus, your will is that none would perish, but all would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We give you all glory, all praise, and all honor in the name of Jesus. And all the saints say,